It's good to be back. I just love uh, love worshiping. I love being here. Uh, just uh, God is so wonderful. I'm supposed to be uh, thinking about preaching, but I wasn't. When I uh, pick up on the fruit of the Spirit, you've probably forgot all about that. It was a number of weeks ago that we started that and haven't got there. But uh, before I do, let me just uh, remind you, a couple weeks ago, Johan was preaching, and he mentioned three things uh, that he felt, and I, and I think it, they need to be reiterated so that we don't forget. He felt that it was time to look beyond our own circumstances, the things that have limited us, whether it's fear or restrictions, and the question he said was, how can I help rather than how can I be helped? Sometimes the help of God comes in looking beyond ourselves. He said, secondly, it was time to look beyond the walls, advancing the kingdom. And there's something of God's heart for us as individuals, but for us as a church. Uh, Darlene had a vision this morning as we were praying, as we were all standing in a circle looking in like God was saying, it's time to look out, which was just a confirmation of that very thing, that God's spirit is moving in people. And uh, we don't have to try and make something happen, but we have to just be in step with the spirit and what he's doing. And thirdly, it's time to look beyond our borders, that the kingdom is impacting the nations and that we, some of us get to be a part of that. And so I just want to remind you of those. I just was in Indonesia, if you didn't know, uh, helping to prepare for a uh, training time for pastors in July. And uh, we've got a couple of pictures. And uh, this is the church. And if you look closely, you'll see two old guys, one in the back and one on the side. Everyone else was younger. Uh, Probably 90%, if not more, of this church is students who got saved. There was a young guy, go to the next one. Oh, one more. The guy in the middle, Yopi and his wife, Helen, this is their kids now, but in 2005, they lived in Samarang, which is the north part of Java, and he rode his motor scooter three hours to go down to Jogjakarta and began to evangelize at a university campus. He did that every week, three hours there and three hours back. Not a motorcycle, one of those little scooters, which everyone has there. He did that for two years, every week, riding his little motorcycle and evangelizing the university campus till they moved there and there was a, uh, a church, a wonderful, uh, excited group of people who are committed to Jesus. Now, during the uh, COVID pandemic, there, they were in lockdown, which meant the universities were no longer functioning. And so many of the students had to return to their home. And uh, of those, five of those students who returned to the home started churches in Papua, in Kalimantan, in Sulawesi, in different islands, where they just began to share the gospel with Jesus and churches got birth. The Spirit of God's on the move. And that's what I wanted to share with you. Something exciting when we see this. Did we have one more? No, we didn't. Oh, yeah, sorry. The worship team. 
These guys love to worship, and so it's fantastic. Uh, there's going to be an equip there the 5th to the 9th of July, and uh, we're going to help them with that. There's going to be teams coming, hopefully some people from this church, from uh, Melbourne, from Japan, from Canada, from New Zealand, and just coming alongside these pastors and helping equip. Uh, they they were doing really well. They were part of a group. Unfortunately, that group kind of had problems in that the leader fell morally, and so they've been kind of separated from that. They've had no input for about four years. Uh, it's great to see what God's doing, but they were just so hungry to connect with other people. So I just want to encourage you, if give some thought to that. I, we'll have a little video next week so you can see some of the, the pictures, and we'll, we'll plan for that. Uh, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Actually, make that 5. I don't know why I said 6, because it was on my notes as 6. Sorry, that was a typo. Come on, Tony, you're supposed to be in tune with the Spirit. You're supposed to know I didn't mean 6. Lord, we just acknowledge your presence and what a delight it is when you come amongst us. Lord, we gather for that purpose, to worship you, to minister to you, to experience your love, to just enjoy your presence. And Lord, in the midst of that, you touch us. You heal us, you restore us, you transform us. As we open your word, we ask that you would apply it to each of us. Lord, that your kingdom would be advanced, that you would be glorified and exalted. Thank you for the privilege that we have of being together. In Jesus' name, amen. We started a number of weeks ago, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Again, I say, I say this then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh desires are against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another. We talked about the working of the spirit and the natural things of the world. They're actually in opposition. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, or selfishness really, are evident there are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelry, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're not walking in the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Talking about the word that uh, Christine shared, that when we're baptized, we die to those things. God sets us free. We don't have to live in that again. 
Uh, we don't have to bring those things back out of the waters of baptism. We don't have to let the flesh be resurrected again to control us. We've died to those. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. As I shared a few weeks ago, it starts in verse 16 with walk in the Spirit, and in verse 25, walk in the Spirit. But they're two different Greek words. The first one in verse 16 is what we normally think, just walk. But the second one in verse 25 is more of a a walking in step, marching in cadence, being in step with the Spirit. There's something about recognizing that the Spirit and the world are different, but there's another thing about walking in step with the Spirit, letting the Spirit lead, being uh, in step with what God's doing. So in light of that, I started with talking about God's pattern is multiplication. His pattern of extending his kingdom is multiplication. He doesn't say, let's everyone be like me. He says, let me fill everyone with my spirit. And there is a multiplying that takes place. Uh, The means he does that is his Holy Spirit. Basically, he says, you can't do this on your own. We can't do it on on ourselves. But what the Holy Spirit can do is he can take every one of us and use us in surprising ways. That's multiplication. I used the different words, and I said when I shared this with you a few months ago that I know the words aren't necessarily in the Bible, but they reflect the same thing, that God's pattern is decentralization. The pattern of the world is centralization. Let it all become about me or my ministry or my church or my thing. Jesus' pattern was just the opposite. It was decentralization. Jesus, after his resurrection, remained meeting with different people for 40 days, talking about the kingdom. But in that time, he never had any large public gatherings. Now, he had reached thousands before done miracles, but he didn't do that afterwards. If you think about it, you think, well, why? This guy just rose from the dead. If, if the disciples had gone out and said, hey, we're going to have this meeting, Jesus who rose from the dead, the guy who did all those miracles and all those things before, you know, uh, multiplied the bread and the fishes and healed people, and that guy who rose from the dead is here, and he's going to do more, they would probably had 50,000. But he didn't. Because his pattern was wait for the Holy Spirit. And then you do that. Which is amazing. And as a result, the kingdom has expanded throughout the world. So in light of that, we've been talking about walking in the the Spirit. And as we do, the fruit of the Spirit grows in us. He does it. As we walk in step with him. We talked about love, joy, peace. The things that come as God pours his love upon us. As he changes how we look at ourselves and look at him. As we come into that relationship. His joy no matter what happens. The circumstances around us. We're not controlled by that. So today I want to get into the, uh, the next three. 
uh, which are patience, kindness, and goodness, or long-suffering, kindness, and goodness. But I want to say this. The, the, three, the, two, the three that we're going to talk about, the second three we're going to talk about today, are the outworking of the first three. It's kind of like a bunch of bananas. Bananas grow in bunches. They don't grow individual. What am I saying? I'm saying this. All these come together. You can't pick a fruit and work on it. I think I need some patience. I'm going to work on that. No, the fruit grows together. When you're impacted with the love of God, when, when his joy, his peace overwhelms you, impacts you, then these things happen. And the, so the second three are really the outworking of the first three. It's how we then interact with other people. Because of what God's done in us, that flows out. The fruit of that flows out in how we interact with other people. Are you still with me? Good. So, after love, joy, and peace, the first is long-suffering or patience. How many of us realize that we need that fruit of the Spirit? Totally contrary to the word, by the way. We'll get to that. But it really means being slow to respond or react. Not reacting to people's situations. Not jumping to conclusions. Why? Because the love of God fills us. And we see people in a different light. We don't see the natural. We see something more. We recognize the the situations they've been in. And people often will act in a certain way. And the way of the world is to, to get aggressive and react and to, to uh, drown them out. But the way of the kingdom is to be patient, slow to react. See beyond the natural. See beyond the circumstances. Why? Because when we're filled with the love of God, we're not selfish anymore. We're not responding to how what people do affects us. We're responding from a different reservoir, which is the love of God. We're full of joy, not anger. How often do people just respond in anger because they're full of anger? It's amazing how following the uh, COVID pandemic saw so many instances of people who simply they were so full of anger and frustration that the least little thing, people fighting over toilet paper in the, uh, in the grocery store. Is toilet paper that important? Yeah. Eh. <laughs> you can make a case. But the reality is they're just full of frustration and anger, and that comes out. Road rage. Someone does something a little bit off kilter because maybe they're lost and they don't go the right way. And how often people get angry. But when we're full of the joy of, of God, we don't. Uh, when we're full of his peace, 
that isn't based on everything going my way. How many of us have that concept? Well, most of the world does. Peace is everything goes my way. All the circumstances line up for me because, of course, I'm the center of the universe. And everybody's here to please me. And if you don't, how dare you? And I should be angry at you. But when we come to Jesus, all that changes. So the bottom line is patience means we don't respond in anger. We respond in love as God fills us. Kindness. This is a tough one because there's no exact word in the English for the Greek word. Kindness here means a positive disposition. A gentleness in dealing with others. But it also carries with it something of meeting needs. And it's almost the same word as goodness, which we're going to see in just a moment. But it's this idea of because we're filled with this love of God, because we're full of joy and at peace, we have a positive outlook. Some of us need to let our face know that. I'm happy inside. Now, there's something as we become light, the love of God. We're totally contrary to how the world works. And so there's something of this in our whole approach to people. Just being kind. It's interesting that uh, Acts says it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's this positive, God's for us. He has a positive disposition towards you. He's full of love. We've talked about that. But we've got to be reminded. He's not sitting there angry. He doesn't have a sour look on his face. It's not like, well, if I do something wrong, he's going to get upset. I've got to tiptoe around him. Because if I do something wrong, it's just the opposite. He's for us. And thirdly, Goodness literally means to do good. Uh, it's the, the focus is on kindness rather than righteousness. It's not good like goodness being right. It's like good being kind, doing good. It's actually action. It's not good enough to say I'm kind toward people if I don't actually live that out. If I act unkind, uh, Let me say this, it's not so much being right as doing good. And you need to get that because we're going to look at how these apply. Bottom line is that they're fruit of the Spirit that affect our attitude and actions toward others. As I said, the world often reacts in fear, anger, Self-interest. That's the lens by which people look at actions. Fear. Afraid that they're going to lose out or somebody's going to hurt them. Anger. The response to that fearfulness and self-interest. What's in it for me? And if we're not careful, those creep in. But this fruit 
describe someone who's completely different than the world. Someone who's part of the kingdom. And that's God's intent for us. So let me say it again. The love, joy, and peace that we experience in relationship with him means that we don't react based on fear, anger, and self-interest. So here's the point I want to make. As we let the fruit of the Spirit grow in us, we grow less and less like the world around us. As we let the fruit of the Spirit grow in us, as we walk in step in the Spirit and He transforms us, we become less and less like the world around us. And there's a, there's a reason why Jesus spoke more about the kingdom of God than anything else, because the kingdom of God is so different than the world. That was his main message. He spoke about the kingdom. The very first thing he said was, change your thinking or repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. After his resurrection, he taught the disciples for 40 days things pertaining to the kingdom. That was his focus because it's so different. He realized that we're so saturated in the natural thinking of the world that it takes the supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit to change the way we think. We can't do it without him. So let me say this. We're exiles living in Babylon. Babylon is the world, and we're exiles living in Babylon. We're, we're people of a different kingdom. We're citizens of a different kingdom. That makes us strangers in a strange land. Strange. We're strange. Let me say this. What that means is we don't fit. Now, you need to let that sink in your heart. Too often, the church has been trying to fit. How do we, how do we be relevant? How do we be like the world? We don't fit. We're not like the world, and we never will be if we're walking in the Spirit. And we need to let that settle in our hearts because it has an impact. Being the fact that we're exiles in Babylon, we're citizens of a different kingdom. Let me make three points this morning. Maybe only three. <laughs> you know how that goes. The first one is this. Have no fear. If you look back in the time of Jesus, the Roman culture was 20 times more immoral than Australia today. Yet we think we're going to be overwhelmed. In spite of that, or probably because of that difference, the kingdom broke into that culture and it thrived. It flourished. Thousands were added because there was a difference 
When the church tries to be like the world, we lose that difference and we're no longer a light. Don't be afraid. We will be misunderstood and probably ridiculed, if not outright persecuted. Expect that and don't let it take your joy. Because your joy doesn't come from circumstances. It doesn't come from the people around you. It comes from something supernatural. Having no fear. Obviously, the worship team was feeling something of that, as Tim shared in the worship. We'll come to that again. Second point I want to make is this. Don't fight culture wars. What do I mean by that? I want to encourage you, see people rather than issues. See people rather than it's too much of the church has got in this culture war that we're arguing about certain uh, levels of righteousness or certain things. Guys, the world is not righteous. See people. Not issues. One, it will help us not react to people who are different. But two, remind us that whoever they are, they need the love of God. Let me say this, that people, we need to see people as being in the wrong place or position. They're away from God. They're out of relationship with him and not see them as being part of the wrong party. You need to see people as individuals. We're going to get to this in a few months. Well, a few months, yeah. For, for many people, their position has to change before their beliefs and actions change. They have to come back into relationship with God. We can't expect people to have died to themselves when they haven't met Jesus and been baptized. Yet too often when we get into issue arguments, we're trying to prove people wrong on issues rather than loving people. You still with me? Don't get caught up in the culture wars. Remember this. We are a subversive movement. We're a subversive movement of the spirit. The kingdom is advanced from the bottom up, not from the top down. As people are submitted to the king, the kingdom of God comes into life. You can't make that happen through laws. The kingdom is not advanced through legal things. It's It's advanced through people sharing the gospel. So, thirdly, since we live as exiles in Babylon, don't be surprised when a secular nation makes decisions that reflect secular thinking. Don't let that surprise you. That's what we should expect. 
How do we change that? We preach the gospel. If you've heard anything in the last couple of years, it's that. We share the good news of Jesus until people's hearts are changed. But let me say this as well. Don't be shocked when unbelievers think and act like the world. That's probably all they know. Don't be shocked. Don't let it affect you so that you react unlovingly. Jesus calls us to love people because we've been loved. And so as you look at the people around you, do you see them with love? Okay, how does this apply to us? For some of us this morning, walking in the spirit means letting go of fear and anger. The worship team and Tim didn't know what I was going to preach, but there's obviously something of the spirit saying, hey, now if you've been here for a while, you realize that God's touched this at least three times in the last few months. I almost went as I was praying, but Lord, you've done that. It reminded me of a, a story I heard years ago from one Carlos Ortiz. He had been sharing in his church and he was praying. He said, Lord, what, are, what do you want me to share this week? He said, what did you share last week? He said, I told people that they should love one another. He said, yeah. He said, yeah, so what do I share this week? He said, no. Are they doing it? And he went, Probably not. He said, so why would I tell you to share something else if they're not doing what I already told them? So by this point, he's a bit upset, and he said he got up on Sunday morning, and he said, God's word for us today is love one another, and he sat down. And everyone was kind of like, okay, we're ready, ready for the rest of it. And But while he was sitting there, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, there's a gal who comes into your house and cleans. Do you even know where she lives? And he said, rather than a message for everyone else, he was cut to the heart. And he got up and he walked out. And he went to find out where she lived. So why am I saying that? Because obviously God's been saying a number of times about wanting to set us free from fear and anger. Not because he's angry, not because he's upset, not because he's going to smack us, simply because he loves us and he realized that limits us. Some of us have been taught that the fruit of the Spirit are character qualities that we've tried to work out in our lives without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the problem with that is it tires you out and you simply can't do it. And then you feel like a failure because you think you should. I still don't have patience. I've been working on this for years. The problem is that we're working on it rather than the Holy Spirit. For some, 
it's time for you to be baptized in the Spirit, to be filled with, to surrender to, and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's not to be feared. He's to be embraced because Jesus said, you'll receive power. He said, wait. The Father, he's the promise of the Father. And so, for all of us, we're going to finish with a song. Uh, if the worship team would come. And uh, in doing that, I just want to allow the Holy Spirit to, to move in us. Uh, just uh, the love of God to flow through us. If there's still anger or fear, intimidation, would you just allow God to touch you and heal you? If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray with you. Today's the day. Don't be afraid. God's turning us outward. God's empowering us to impact those around us. There is a rising of the weight of God's presence and glory across our city, across the nations, and we get to be a part of it. And in his love, he's adjusting us. In his love, he's causing his fruit to grow in us so that we represent him and not ourselves. We represent him and not some other movement. We represent his kingdom and not a mixture of a bit of Jesus and a bit of the world. Too often the church has done that. We've taken a bit of Jesus and a bit of the world and we tried to fit them together and we tried to dress up the world so it looks kingdom and it never does. There's no dressing it up. There's dying to it and being filled with him. I'm going to ask you if you'd stand. As we sing and close with this, if you'd like someone to join with you in prayer, there'll be some folks who'd love to do that. I'm going to invite you to come to the front. Uh, but if you're just doing some business with God, the reason we often do this so that you're not immediately focused on something else. What else you have to do today? We take a, a few moments and often just allow the Holy Spirit to solidify in us what He's doing or to touch us. Okay? Thanks, guys.